All right, well, let's just get into it. Well, Mark, uh, thanks for uh, joining me real quick. And I discovered you on just uh, on social media, Instagram. I think Popular Front uh, shared some of your photos, which I love what Jake is doing. I've never met Jake. We've like exchanged emails like once before. But I used to do some stuff with Vice back in the day. Um, so we probably know a lot of the same people. And then he's done some stuff in the Middle East, uh, which I spent a lot of time um, in that area. But yeah, that's kind of how I discovered you. And I love interviewing people, you know, in photography and journalism and, and now knowing, you know, a little bit about your background and just off of like some of your photos. And so thanks for coming on and chatting for a bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty happy to be here. <laughs> so, um, I guess let's just like, give me a little bit of breakdown on your, on your current career, what you're doing. Um, and then we can get into a little bit what happened yesterday regarding the U S Capitol and, and what you saw and what you were taking photos of and what you can say. And, um, so I guess let's just start off, like, tell me a little bit about your past work and what you currently do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually pretty early on in my career. Um, so after high school, I went and joined the Marine Corps. Uh, I was in the infantry with uh, 37 for four years. Um, did a deployment to Baghdad, did security for the embassy, and then another deployment to uh, Afghanistan. Was in Helmand for a couple months. And that's, I, I've done photography for most of my life. Um, but when I was in Afghanistan, I was able to take photos and sort of really um, helped show people what we were doing out there and this was in 2018 so the war was much different than i guess what people Mm -hmm. really thought it was um so that's where where i really like discovered photojournalism and like this is the work i want to create and the stuff i want to talk about um so now now i live in london um i go to university of the arts london out there doing a photojournalism program um i've done a lot of uh, protest work this past summer with the BLM stuff that was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm originally from Richmond, Virginia, so that's where a lot of my work is is located. And then, um, yeah, so I've done a lot of protest work, uh, just general sort of documentary work, uh, really interested in, like, the conflict and military-type aspects. Okay. What's the – as photographing the military and then – and now being a freelance, where are some of the key differences that you've you've noticed now? Um, <laughs> access is probably, probably <laughs> yep. the biggest thing. Yep. Yeah, access, that stuff, and I'm still I'm still learning about it a lot. Um, but it, it is, I think the access thing is definitely the hardest part, especially where I'm at now with just getting started. Mm-hmm. But it is nice having that sort of independence, and there is honestly a huge community of people. Uh, just that are willing to help, like like you mentioned earlier, the popular front guys. They've I've learned so much from everyone in that community, and then just in social media in general, um, just learned a lot from other uh, journalists, photojournalists, everything like that. Well, that's good. You're getting plugged. I mean, the community of journalists we we have to we have to be there for each other. We have to like, you know, there is a lot of competition. I get it, and there is you know who can post and everything the quickest or what's the access for the story and how that all makes sense. Um, but now we have to really support each other more than, more than ever. And just because it's such a difficult industry already. And it is, it is like a industry that can be 
pretty tough on top of just like the security issues someone can go through when covering uh, anything regarding protest or conflict or natural disasters. And then throw on top of that, there's just the business side of things that could really weigh down people. Um, and yeah, access, yeah, you're going to find just, you know, people like popular front has really, you know, they've done it for a while and I've been lucky enough to, you know, I could go to Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria and I know the right type of people and we're all probably right. connected in some way. You know, it's probably one or yeah. two people off. From what I can tell, it looked like it was like the rally started and then all of a sudden there was, it kind of just like morphed into what it was. It Maybe it wasn't all strategically planned or maybe some people had some planning and motives for it, but kind of just a bit, I know you were just one person, you know, with some other, you know, other fellow photographers, but, and when covering a protest and a riot is really hard to figure everything out, but kind of what was your take on it? Yeah. And so what I saw and experienced is a lot different than sort of what's making the bigger headlines now, because I was not able to get inside the Capitol. Um, me and my buddy Caden, uh, he's the guy who's working with popular front promoting my work and everything. Great guy. Um, we showed up around two and as we were walking up to the Capitol, that's when we heard that they had stormed, they had breached the, the Capitol itself. Um, so we went on the West side of the building, which is where the lawn is by the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried pushing through the crowd to get up there, but it, I mean, it was absolutely packed. And after a couple minutes of that, we were just, it, it was just kind of unsafe and it didn't seem like it was going to work out. So for most of it, we were outside on the Capitol grounds, sort of seeing how the crowd's reacting. And the tone of that was way different than all the uh, clashes and stuff you're seeing of them getting up into there. Um, in general, on that outside area around that time, it was, I mean, you wouldn't, I, you wouldn't even known how bad it would have got. It was people just sort of hanging out. It was old people, it was families. They were just uh, fans or same old Trump rhetoric and right. stuff like that, you know, election is stolen. Um, but yeah, it was a much different vibe than, than what everything else was. So for, we did that for about an hour, hour or two. Um, we left, we started walking away with some of the protesters, seeing what the rest of the streets and area were like. We got some, some uh, bad intel that there was something else happening in D.C. We went and checked it out. There was nothing. And then when we walked back to the Capitol around, uh, what time was it? around 4:30 p.m. when we when we got back to the capitol we were around the east side this time um and then by then the police presence was a little bit more uh reinforced and i think at that point they had cleared everyone outside the building mm-hmm. and they had had uh riot police and either swat or i'd heard that it's park police srt or something mm-hmm. they they had more specialized guys there that were helping secure outside the building um, and around that time, we had started seeing a couple more people pepper sprayed and really more aggravated against the police and, and sort of uh, just, you know, typical protest stuff, yelling at them and pushing up against the, the fences. And then also at that time was when that uh, press box of like TV uh, news and other journalists got um, attacked, I guess is the right word for it. Yeah, I saw like um, AP had like a whole bunch of their shit get kicked over and yeah and then like i saw another ap journalist get dragged by a couple of supporters yeah um, yeah, I saw, yeah i saw the i saw the ap photojournalist get dragged away that that i think was in the original storming that one was that was fucked 
Yeah, um, that was that's crazy. That, that's a scary situation where, you know, you're just trying to when it only takes one person and then it's kind of like no, people, people kind of feed off the energy and, you know, it, it can turn ugly real quick. Was, was, was like, where, were you at where Trump was, you know, talking to the giant crowd and then it migrated or was it like, could you tell, or was it just people everywhere just kind of chilling? And then like all of a sudden, like a group of them decided to go to the Capitol. Yeah, yeah. I think it was people everywhere on, on like the Capitol lawn just sort of hanging out. And then towards once you get towards the building and the steps and everything, everyone was pushing that way. There was like some scaffolding steps that where people were going up and they brought that uh, giant U.S. flag there. They hung it mm-hmm. over and cheered. And yeah, just toward the closer you got to the building, the more compact everything got. And that's where sort of the uh, the real energy and aggression and everything was everything. Everything else was long. I mean, there were still thousands of people out there, hundreds, you know, um, they were just sort of hanging out. They were just yeah. in it for the spectacle. It felt like. Yeah, I, I keep seeing some reports of like people calling it attempted coup and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I, a coup would be if they actually stormed in and took like was arresting people on their own accord. Yeah. Like look up the Turkey attempted coup, and then it's like back like a few years back when they tried that. Like then yeah. you you know then we'll see it looked like to me, it was just like a chance for people took the opportunity. Then they kept pushing and pushing and yeah, the U S Capitol seemed like, like they were not prepared. I know there's some footage of cops being like, we're letting these people in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. people don't realize how big that building is. And I'm, I'm sure so many different sections of different things had different groups of people doing this yeah. and that. So, I mean, it must have been pretty, when you were taking photos, it must have been, how were you trying to maneuver the crowd and figure out, was that difficult? Were you on your phone? Just kind of like the logistics of it. Yeah, honestly, it was it was really difficult. And I was, I was a bit disappointed at first, because, uh, and myself, because honestly, it was just visually overwhelming. I mean, mm-hmm. there was, you know, there's flags and people in costume and just MAGA apparel everywhere. I mean, it, it was hard to sort of be like, all right, I had to sort of step back and focus and be like, all right, where, where am I going next? Because there was just so much, so much there. Um, but yeah, we sort of worked, we sort of worked the crowd. We just sort of uh, talked to people. I was shooting on a Canon DSLR. Um, I didn't take much like additional footage on my phone. Um, but yeah, I was just sort of talking to people, interviewing them. Um, and then we sort of just walked around, looked what was happening, sort of seeing where the crowd was going. But like, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I mean, it was so split in different areas with different moods that it's hard to get to really say it was one thing or the other, whether it was like a, a coup, which I, I yeah, like kind of disagree with, you know, but, um, right. It almost looked like yeah. they were, once they got in the building, they were like, okay, where, what's the photo op that we can do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they definitely seem like they're more interested in going in there and getting their social media, you know, photos yeah. and everything like that. I don't really think there was a plan once they got in there. Yeah, but I mean, it did get serious. I mean, people died. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people died. Um, I think just recently today, they found out a woman was trampled to death in that crowd. Yeah, that officer um, was killed, which I had. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember watching it live, and they said there were some officers that were hurt, but they never said any. I never knew about the officer until this morning that he, I guess he just had, 
internal bleeding or just got the shit knocked out of him i don't know what yeah happened. yeah um, uh, apparently what i'm seeing online online that he got hit over the head with a fire extinguisher and mm. then i think the police report or their press conference they said he just uh was involved with clashes with with rioters and then collapsed once he got back to the office so i think he had some sort of uh brain damage or something like that i mean that's rough that's terrible it is but um yeah no it, it's very weird because like like i was saying the crowd that i was at was just a much more peaceful people hanging out, but yet you go close to the building and it, I mean, it was it was chaos. It was a riot at that point over there. Did you did you get a feel of some of the crowd? Obviously, not the entire crowd was in support of storming the U.S. Capitol. Like there were probably normal people there too, just like in all things. And yeah, but did you get a sense there was a lot of people who were like paranoid, like Antifa or people infiltrating? Like was oh, there any yeah. of that? Yeah, paranoia. Yeah. yeah. Um, it definitely was a paranoia. And then Antifa was the big boogeyman. Um, hmm. so I, I was there with, with my other friend who was, uh, taking photos. And then, um, one of my buddies is a DC local and he was showing us around and taking us around the city and everything. And he's more, more of a leftist and everything. Um, and just the looks he was getting, there was people, it was people <laughs> saying under their breath, like, Oh, is that guy Antifa? And I mean, Antifa was the evil enemy on that day. And, you know, even the peaceful people were like, yeah, you know, fuck Antifa, you know, they're, they're the, the real uh, enemy here. Um, so yeah, you know, I guess when I say it's peaceful, it, the, the rhetoric was still very aggressive and it was still like, they stole this election. Democrats are evil. Antifa's evil. Mm-hmm. BLM's evil. Like it was, it, it was odd. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to, cause the, you know, it's not like, I don't know what those people expect, was going to happen because Biden's going to take over. Right. You know, it's like we never, you know, I haven't been, I haven't lived through that many presidencies, but, you know, when the winter comes, like there's a transition. Yeah. And there's always been people being like, I don't believe he won kind of thing, but this was like a whole new level, you know. Yeah. I'm sure you heard a whole bunch of different talks and conspiracies and oh, Q- yeah. QAnon type rhetoric and, yeah, um, that's pretty interesting. Did you like, did you interview people and talk to people about that kind of stuff? Or were you looking um, for something else on the story? Like for when you're looking for stories, or are you, were you just there trying to capture the moment? Yeah, I was just kind of capture the moment and just sort of see what kind of people were there. Like I, I was, I was talking to a couple different people, asking them where they're from, you know, why <laughs> they'd want to come here today and stuff like that. And there was, you know, there was ladies saying she came from South Carolina. People coming from West Palm Beach, from the West Coast. There wow. were Californians there with their flag and everything. It was, it was people came from all over for this event, and they all wanted to stop this field. They all wanted to make sure Trump was president. I mean, they firmly believed that. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So you know, it, it was it was a trip for sure. Um, was there were people wearing masks a lot, or was it? Oh no. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was um yeah, it was it was violently like anti-mask too, which, you know, even in the middle of a crowd, it was just it, it was very surprising. And I I I caught some of it. I thought I had covid. I got a little cough and, and cold going on here. Uh I got tested and negative, but I do have a cold, so, you know. Yeah. I feel like I got it like in February of last year. I swear. Yeah. I swear I uh, had it. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I did as well. Right uh back in like January of last year before the first lockdown hit, I was sick as a dog in London and I was like and that was before even the main <laughs> fear of COVID had hit. I just thought I had the flu. Yeah. 
So um, what when you were taking photos, were you describe kind of your when you're uh, taking these photos of the of the protest and then it erupted into something more dangerous? How how do you approach photos like and now like do you try to be like a fly on the wall or you try to ask the person, Hey, can I take your photo? What's kind of take me through your process now? I know you're just starting out, but you know, this was a, you know, it's a big event. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think I approach it, um, sort of, it depends on what's happening. So in the more like action heavy scenes, like with BLM this summer where there was a March and there was more clashes and more direct confrontation, then I'm sort of like the fly on the wall, uh, on the scene, just photographing what's happening. Um, in those sort of calmer moments where I'm looking for people, it's always, it's always like, it's all right. If I get a picture, a thumbs up, like thumbs down. Um, generally I I don't like to just like take it and go and sort of be that person. But I mean, you know, sometimes it just happens like that. Um, but I always, I always at least try and get like an okay, uh, a, a slight talk to people, just a polite, you know, let them know what I'm doing. Even with the police this summer, it was like, hey, sir, I'm going to stand over here. Like, please don't pepper spray me. Um, yeah. All that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so when I went through on Wednesday, um, sort of just entered the crowd. Uh, we sort of walking towards towards the front. And we sort of got held up a bit. So we were, we were standing there uh, talking to people around us and photographing um, and then the, the building itself and sort of what people were doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of just sort of a hanging out fly on the wall type of just being there. And then whenever we could talk to people and whenever we did photograph them, sort of just, uh, making sure they were cool with it, finding out what was happening. Was there a lot of freelance journalists or just news all over the place? Did you also see like, you know, influencer type journalists where you know it's very like they're one side of the things and they're trying to show i was just kind of curious of the media overall media people where you probably had all a whole bunch of mixtures like yeah yeah uh media wise i think it was i mean there was uh a lot of photographers everywhere i know some of them are like staff and then a lot of freelance um a lot of people that i follow and look up to were there which was really <laughs> cool to see you know their work and everything um, and then there was definitely a lot of like more right wing or conservative internet celebrities or influencers doing their whole stick out there as well. Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm curious what the of journalism was going to be. Are you going like I I do think more more journalists who are doing like what Jake is doing, you know, even to some degree, like what Tim pool is doing, even though now it's mostly just him talking and analyzing things, you know, like, um, I do think it's great that journalists should try to tell their own stories and not always have to worry about getting published, you know, create your own content. And I would say like years back, definitely try to get published, try to get that name recognition, now yeah. I'm like, uh, just try don't don't let that hold you back. Like, get that story and post it, and don't always try to think of like the publishing. Like, for you, are you just kind of like trying to grind it, make a name for yourself, or are you you know I've seen some of your photos and the work you've done, and they're 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 great. Like, what's kind of your mentality, a long goal for this? Or yeah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, um. I think sort of right now, since I'm still in school and I, I'm not really sure 
where I'm going to be set up in the next couple of years and what I'm doing with it. I'm sort of just maintaining my online presence and sort of building with that community and stuff like that, which is working out okay for me now. Um, but down the line, I think I, I'd like to be to continue this, but uh, definitely stick with independent. And, you know, I'd like to do some freelance work. Honestly, it, it, it worries me a little bit, sort of the, uh, yeah, you know, but um, no, I'm just kind of, grinding it out for now um i'd love to do more conflict stuff i mean that that was sort of my initial goal and still is mm-hmm. um once i was leaving the military it's like i just want to i want to go back but you know as an independent as a freelancer as, as as a civilian and be able to help tell those stories yeah man um yeah my i how i got started was i just bought a plane ticket and and went to baghdad that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it all, it's a lot easier than people think actually yeah. in a you know in a, in a crazy way and um yeah it's great man i think you should yeah go for it keep it up you know and you're in a you're in london you said you're based in london and you're going to school yeah there. yeah i mean that's yeah i basically i basically bounce between virginia and, and london yeah i mean london's a great spot for you know, some of the best journalists, you know, are based there and oh yeah. Your center are a lot of different places and um so where were like and when you were in the military, was that something you always wanted to do or was that um what what kind of made you go through that? I think um so I mean I, I grew up both my parents were in the Air Force, um and my mother her uh what's it called GI bill benefits or her, her, her veterans benefits. She was going to transfer them to me so I can go to university coming out of school. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at that point in my life. I did not think I could be like a photographer full time. I, I wasn't really focused with my work itself and just in general, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and yeah, I was, I was sort of leaning towards the military anyway. Um, so I did the military thing was able to, uh, you know, really tr- learned what I wanted to do by myself and all that. And, and also just, uh, really straightened me out <laughs> as well. But, yeah. I mean, you're going to get access through that too. A lot of your buddies that, you know, like when you start just, you know, going through life, you, you start figuring out like, Oh, this person has this access and this thing. Oh, yeah. It just works out. I mean, a lot of the former combat photographers who are in the military who are now, you know, journalists, I mean, they have some of the best access you know oh yeah absolutely um a lot of them were i met a lot of them who were foreign military who were like medics volunteer medics during the Mosul operation and like they knew how to gel with the iraqi you know isaw special forces and yeah and they a lot of them also were taking photos and you know it was i mean they're they thrived in that environment really well handled it really well kept calm knew how to read body languages, a lot of those things that I wish more independent freelance journalists would take the time to do. I mean, there's nothing like just going and doing it because that's how you learn. But, um, I mean, you got all the training you need, you know, more than most of those freelance journalists, man. Yeah. Yeah. um, Can you tell me a little bit about um, when you were covering the – Black Lives Matter protest. What what were some of the things that you um, that you still remember, and some of the you know some of the things that you know that will because it will be stamped in history for a while. So, what some of the impressions and some of the stories that you kind of come across? Yeah, 
Um, I think one of the biggest moments of me covering that was, um, I don't remember the date, which is terrible, but there was a march, one of the bigger marches in Richmond, um, started at the Virginia State Capitol and then went down to Marcus David Peters Circle, mm-hmm. which is where the uh, Robert E. Lee right. monument was. Um, and sort of people were gathered there and uh, there were speeches being made and, and whatnot. And I remember just being their commotion on the other side of the uh, statue of the circle. And so we walk over that way and just all the police cars had, had started rolling up and it was Richmond City and it was state police. And I just remember, you know, the crowd of hundreds sort of just getting like everyone sort of formed a line and then people were getting on their knees. And I was on the front, you know, the hands up, don't shoot and everything. And I was on the front and I remember like getting down with them and all the cops come out and there was armed people earlier in, in the crowd of protesters, people with rifles. And um, I remember seeing the cops get out, rifles up, uh, start aiming towards them. And there was rifles pointed towards us and everything. Oh, like, oh man. And it just sort of that sense of dread hit, and I was like, oh, man, this is how it's about to go down. Um, and then I guess so a police truck came flying in, and I I still don't know whether it scared one of the officers or not, but they fired the tear gas canisters. I, I believe it was on accident what they what they ended up saying. But And then I just remember the crowd scattering and sort of them walking through. Um, but I, I did feel a sense of, like, calm. I just sort of, like got out of the way and started moving forward and just started, started taking photos. And, um, and sort of, I just remember like everyone sort of scattering and then coming back and just, it, it was, it was madness. It, it was crazy. Cause I mean, the cops were pushing through the smoke. They were pepper spraying. It was, it was, it was aggressive. Um, but if it, it felt good to be there and documenting it and like being able to, I guess, I don't know, being in control, I, I felt, I felt in control and being able to know what was going on be able to help tell the story of that day and what happened and, and show people. Yeah. It's, um, it, were you, because you, you, you were in the military, um, and does it give any perspective when you're covering out there? Is it, do you, or is it just like, just in kind of in the moment or do you take anything that you learn from there covering that and, understanding body language of what the police officers are doing and vice yeah. versa. Like I was just kind of curious what your, your take was on. Yeah. That. Yeah. I think that stuff definitely helps. I mean, and to be honest, I was not like uh, my deployments to the middle East were very, uh, what's the word safe, not maybe not safe, not very uh, action heavy compared to what it was in the height of the war. I mean, we took indirect fire from mortars, but like I didn't, I didn't get in any firefights. I wasn't, I wasn't out. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so I, I had a very different experience. But even then, those still helped me um, when stuff was happening around. I, I just feel like I was able to be more aware what was going on. I was aware of my surroundings. I knew how to like keep myself calm, where to look. Um, I don't know. I just felt in control, and I, I definitely think the military assisted with that. Um, especially when you're like sort of out on patrol and being a team leader, like uh, you're. I was able to like direct my guys and know where to look and just sort of, it just taught me sort of, uh, soft skills that are, that are just, yeah. Easy to translate in sort of moments of conflict or clashes and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, for me, you don't, when you start doing this kind of line of work and I've, I've been taking a break from it. It's like, you don't, you remember the firefights, but that's not like, you don't really remember those in a lot of ways. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's more of the, like what gets you is the, 
the personal stories and the, yeah. you know, the really sad shit and it just like the firefights, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it could be really scary and intense and, and, um, but you know, at least for me, you, you re- I remember a lot of other things and, than that. And I, I mean, I was looking at some of your photos of some of your, um, when you were in the military, like some of your, I would, I guess maybe in your unit, but you guys are in a, it looks like in a either plane or a helicopter, some of the profile pictures that you're doing. Oh yeah. 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 Those are pretty cool. Are, th- are those, yeah. were those like in your unit kind of thing or? Yeah. 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 So that, that was like, uh, all, all the photos I took in Afghanistan were just my platoon out there, um, doing our job. And luckily my leadership, they knew I, I'd done photography and so they let me do it. And then I was also able to take little like PR photos for them to send back to their leadership and show how good of a job we were doing. So it was like, it was like a mutually beneficial thing. Um, so yeah, so, so those photos you're talking about, it was us on the C-130 flying into Afghanistan. Um, we did a lot of training the ANA forces, uh, Afghan National Army forces that were with us. Um, it, it was, so it was good for them. It was good for myself personally. It was good for the Marine Corps. Um, and the, some of the Afghans got photos too. They enjoyed it. So, you know, it was, it was nice. It, it, I felt like I was able to really offer mm-hmm. something while also gaining a lot myself. Um, I guess like a little bit, uh, are you like, uh, we could get to, I always like to get in a little bit of like a tech gear kind of thing. Like, are you, yeah, a, like, are you like a digital guy, mirrorless deals or just whatever you have, you make yeah, it work? Yeah, no, I've shot, um, I shot Canon digital pretty much. Uh, since I started photography, um, I, w- I was doing my lieutenant gifted me a Fujifilm Instax, the nice. wide one. That's cool. And I, I was I was using that uh, on deployment, and I I really liked I really liked uh, using that. It's not something I, I would do for everything, but it, it was it was a cool little project that I did with them. I'd, I'd like to continue it. I shoot a bit of like film here and there. Um, that's more just personal stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think mainly just Canon DSLRs has been my my go-to. Yeah, yeah. I I was a started out as a Canon guy, and then I shoot. I I, I mean, I do more video. Like photos was just yeah. something that I happened to do. And then I'm pretty much all just Fujifilm now. So like yeah. XT3, XT4. It's like yeah. good. I now I tell people just stick with the three big brands, and any camera that you get is going to be really good oh, yeah. you know any any camera you get yeah it'd be great yeah i got a i got a fujifilm x100f oh cool um, that's what i shoot all my street on and i love that thing actually mm-hmm. that thing's really cool um fujifilm i love i love their stuff so do you like uh street art like street photography is that what is that yeah. like that what is that like um is that something you just enjoy all the time like just just to yeah, keep I getting think- better you know, I, I think that's really where I started, and I, that's also I think what helped me lead to photojournalism or photojournalism because street is really just documentary photos. If you mm-hmm. think about it, you know, you're sort of just capturing what daily life is like for there. And so I think it wasn't hard for me growing up shooting street photography all the time to translate that to photojournalism, which is cool. I mean, I grew up, you know, I was born in '97. I fucking grew up on uh, on Tumblr and like the very beginning of Instagram. So like, uh, those were like the photos I really loved. I loved seeing like all the the heavy saturated yeah photography, you know. Um, but yeah, so that, I think that's where I started, and then I'll probably always shoot street just because I, I feel like that's 
if I'm just actually casually shooting photos or personal work, that's the stuff I love to create. Did you, um, while you were posting or anything, did Instagram ever like hurt your post or flagged it or anything like that? Like did anything like, did you even notice or anything like that? I was nah, curious. I, I don't think so. As far as I know. And, I, and if, if it has happened, I haven't noticed. Yeah. They seem like they've done, like they definitely have done certain things, especially a graphic content. I now know they, yeah, they they're, yeah, they're yeah, very yeah. heavy on that. Like, um, almost more for like, if you have a really big following, if you post graphic content, yeah. Even though it's like it is what it is, put a warning. Like they definitely take really precautions. But then I see yeah. so many like journalists post that same thing and nothing happens to them. So yeah, yeah. It seems, it seems really weird. Like uh, the Atlas News guy. Um, oh know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's really cool. I've talked to him a couple times. Um, <laughs> the poor guy has like all his posts getting taken down all the time just because he he references. I mean, he, you know, he he talks, he tells the story, reports on what's happening, but. Even even if he just says like ISIS militants did this, they'll take his post down because he referenced it. So he has to get real creative with it. Oh yeah, do like a exclamation mark and so yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, or a I one. Think, I think yeah. I think even in one of one of the pictures that he put, he like cropped. He put Mark Zuckerberg's like profile on. There oh my gosh! His picture and was like covering up, censoring with pictures of Mark Zuckerberg. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So what's like what's what's um. What's this, the school that you go to right now? What's it called? Oh, University of the Arts, London. London. What's what's yeah. that like? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so I'm using my, my veterans benefits to go there, which is a super cool thing. And yeah, absolutely. Like, I think more vets need to know about it because, in fact, you, you get all your same benefits that you get in the U.S., but you can use them internationally. Um. So, I mean, it's, it, it's really nice because it's, it's a three-years bachelor's program. Um, which is sick, and I don't do like gen eds or anything else from the. Oh like, gosh, the, yeah. The <laughs> it's only photojournalism, which which has been really nice. Um, yeah, you don't have to take geology for. Yeah, no. No yeah, freaking God reason. Knows. Yeah. God knows. I mean, I I couldn't do any math or anything anymore. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went to uh, a university, but I had an athletic scholarship, and so I was yeah. able to do that for a while. But I hated being like, why am I taking geology? Like, yeah, like what am I doing? You know, so, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I have it, you know, I'm glad I have oh, a degree. I was, a, you know, I'm the oldest of the siblings, so it was, I'm glad mm-hmm. I got that. And, but like, do I ever, you know, sh- do I ever get asked for it? No, not really. Yeah. I guess if I were to like apply <laughs> through a job to like through the system at BBC or CNN or some yeah. legacy media, that that's probably where they would like check off. But I know plenty of people who've gotten work and, doesn't even matter it's all about the work that you've done and your experience you know but yeah absolutely no that is a i mean i've had friends who are in the military and that you know and they asked me like what should i do next i'm like well you, you can go to school for free and you might as well take yeah. that advantage so uh, no absolutely yeah and so being in london i'm sure there's a lot of connections within that school and you meet people that's one good oh, yeah. things about it um have you gone to the frontline club at all yet no, I've I've been really. I guess so. To yeah, I guess it wouldn't be yeah. open right yeah, now. But I, yeah. I always get their their uh, their emails. I'm like, damn, I really need to go. I mean, I'm here. Something I got to do before I leave one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you'll. I mean, I don't know what now, but you would you would definitely like see some old school old school guys that are there who you know oh, yeah. 
you know, I used to go to, um, Sebastian Junger's place in New York. Uh, uh, he had the, he had a pub, he had like a pub called the half King. And, uh, my, but my business partner, Christian, he was friend, he like, he was one of his mentors and, uh, and that was like the place in New York you would go if you were like a journalist, you know. Damn, yeah, that's cool. It's not there anymore. Like, obviously, yeah. they it was just I don't know what the they it, I can only imagine what running a restaurant in a big city is like. Like, I have no idea, but I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was stressful in a lot of ways. Oh. And um, but it was like it was like the hangout. I mean, I now live in Austin, Texas, so I just like the peace and quiet and hanging yeah. out here, you know. Um, so it's, it's, um, I guess just kind of like, are you, are you looking to just do photos or you want to do video or are, is photos kind of like photography, your kind of bread and butter, what you want to do? I think photography is my, my bread and butter, but I'm not like opposed to video. I, I've, I've shot a little bit here and there. Um, it's just not something I've done a lot, something I need to do more, but it, I think for me, it's been figuring out like if I'm on scene or if I'm working or, or, or shooting photos or whatever, it's, it's sort of hard to figure out, all right, now I have photos, let me transition to video. So <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess I'm sort of like just sort of working out how to manage both. Yeah. You know? I think you'll just come since you're shooting on a DLSR mirrorless. Yeah. You could just, you know, if you'll be like, Oh, this might make sense for video and just click it. You know? yeah. uh, but I do think for journalists who have to do, be this one band type person it does make it really hard to and not hard but you know you could make this story like this could be a really good photo essay or a really good like doc and to yeah. try to do all that at once is just you kind of get you kind of just get a little unorganized or you just always constantly thinking will this look good as a photo or should i just keep recording video but I appreciate your time and we would, I would love to bring you back on, you know, once you, are you, uh, back in London now or are you? In no, I'm, uh, I'm still in Virginia. So I'm going to cover, um, there should be a gun rally, the, the Virginia lobby day, just like there was last year. Um, so the second amendment rally here in Richmond, I believe that's on the 18th of January. So I'll be out at that. And then I'll probably go out for inauguration. Inauguration. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, it only takes one person to do something crazy, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. And my my the main take that I had through the whole U.S. Capitol is incident. I don't know about you, but they they push it to where so many people can get ideas, and yeah. unfortunately, it only takes one or two really bad people to they now see like I I kind of like see it as what happened in in. You know, in, during the whole Waco incident, during the Branch Davidians and all that kind of stuff, where there was the cult kind of madness was happening. Well, a lot of those people witnessed that, and yeah. then did like the Unabomber and everything. Yeah, got that idea from seeing that, and um, yeah. and then so I I really hope I don't think anything's gonna happen. Um, I I, I yeah. really hope you know like because it, it it takes a lot for someone to do something like that, but. I, that was my take on it. It's like, oh, this is just going to push someone over the edge. So that, I mean, that's that's exactly how I felt about on the sticks with the um, the stop the steal rally. Because when we first got in the crowd, it was so packed. It was like this. This is just a bad spot to be in if anything happens. Um, and because like 
just with with so many people there feeling so wronged about you know their their guy got an election stolen from them you know if that's what they believe and they feel that wrong like it's definitely sketchy and sort of like anything can happen but um yeah i, heard, yeah, I mean there's not much you can do besides i know like on the news people were saying people leaving packages and the you know yeah. bon- and like i'm sure rumors like that just spread like crazy oh yeah those times yeah yeah crazy time well be safe man and um oh, yeah. yeah i'll chime you in or something you know when whenever you go through that and um and yeah i appreciate you taking the time no yeah absolutely man yeah thanks for having me thanks for talking to me you know appreciate it absolutely